And it's okay to get those rejections. You're not being rejected. It just wasn't a rejected event. You're listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat, where we explore uplifting, inspiring, and unique stories from around the planet. Things we're doing as human beings that you'll want to talk about that make us better people. A little dose of positivity in your day? Coming right up. And now for your host, AJ Mises. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Share, Inspire, Repeat. My name is AJ Mises, and it is so great to have you here with us today. And we are going to be talking about personal development today, my friends. It's been a little bit since we've been back on the show, and I'm excited for today's guest. He is absolutely incredible and has quite the track record in terms of personal development and working with all sorts of types of people. His name is Dr. Greg Steinberg, and I'll introduce him in just a second. But if you haven't already, make sure that you've gone ahead and liked and subscribed to this Share, Inspire, Repeat podcast and that you leave us a review because that's how we get the word out and that's how we spread more good in the world. So without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Dr. Greg Steinberg. Dr. Greg Steinberg is a professional of human performance and sports psychology at Austin Pay State University near Nashville, Tennessee. And he's an expert in personal development and a corporate speaker of personal success to many Fortune 500 companies. He has numerous appearances on television, including CNN, Fox News, The Golf Channel, and my favorite, Dancing with the Stars. Golf Digest has also ranked him as one of the game's greatest masterminds. Greg, it's great to have you on the show. AJ, thanks for having me. And I just want to tell your listeners, I did not dance on Dance with the Stars. <laughs> we just talked about mental toughness issues with the dancers. So it was it was a really fun show. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm a big fan. So is my entire family. So it's great to have you with us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started in doing this work? So I grew up playing tennis And what I've discovered in my tennis escapades is that some people fall apart after a bad break and some people try harder. So I was always fascinated on what made people real resilient. So I got my degree in psychology at UC Santa Barbara, which is one of my favorite places in the world. I got my master's in education at Florida State and then my PhD in performance psychology At the University of Florida, and I teach right now at Austin P. State University, and I work with elite athletes. I work with business CEOs. I work with anybody that wants me to work with them, and I write books and speak to businesses as well. Amazing. Amazing. So maybe to kick us off here, if you could have a billboard on a freeway with anything on it, what would it be and why? Wow, that's a tough question, but a really good one. I think it would be enjoy and be. And what I mean by that is, of course, enjoy the moments and be would be be in the moment, be yourself, because I think most people are so distracted. They're focusing on the, the past or the future. But when you're in the moment and you're just being, as most people will tell you, is really the Zen state. And so enjoy and be a really a good theme to be happy and successful. I love that. Enjoy and be. It's like kind of like sinking into the moment and picking out the 180 if things aren't going. I I think that's going to be the title of my next book. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what you do. And I'm just curious because you talk a lot about purpose in the things that you speak about in your book. So what would be one common myth about purpose? Well, I think a common myth is that it's not an emotion. I think people think it's an outcome or a place to get to, 
But what I've discovered in my research, it's really emotion. And if you think about it, people say, I have a sense of purpose or I feel purposeful. And so I think if you appreciate that purpose is an emotion, then you realize you can experience that emotion and at least try to experience that emotion as much as you can. And if you are experiencing purpose as an emotion, I think you're going to be the most emotionally and mentally tough person you could be in any situation. So how do people understand or how do people grasp the concept of purpose as an emotion? And why did you arrive there? Well, I arrived there because I just written a book called Fall Up. And I interviewed people from all over the world who uh, had a terrible tragedy. And what they told me is not only did they bounce back, they bounced back higher. They turned their tragedy into transcendence, which I call transcendability. But What's most fascinating to me is they went through these five specific stages. Everybody went through the five specific stages in the same order, which to me was just fascinating when I was doing this research. And the first stage was a wake-up call. They realized they weren't on their path, almost like they got a slap in the face, that the tragedy slapped them in the face. And then they realized the tragedy or the serious hardship or adversity was for a reason. It was a reason for them to move in a new direction. And because they decided and they flipped a switch, which was the second stage, to move in a new direction, they got out of their comfort zone and they realized strengths and talents they never knew existed, which I call release your genius, which was the third stage. And then they found their life song, which is their purpose. But ultimately, the last stage is why I think purpose is an emotion, because they made purpose a verb. They lived in purpose every day. And you hear this a lot or I think your listeners have seen this a lot, I should say, where the father or the mother loses a a son or a daughter to cancer, and then they start a charity and they're purpose-driven, and they live in that purpose-filled life. And so after this research, I realized, yes, purpose is an emotion. It's really the the highest level emotion you could have, because it leads to all the other emotions like confidence, peace of mind, grit, perseverance. So we all seek those things in our life, whether it's business or parenting or teaching, we want to be more confident. We want to be have that peace of mind. We want to be persistent. We want to be focused. Well, to me, if you're purpose-driven and you are filled with purpose every day, you will have those emotions. Absolutely. I think that's such a great thing to talk about. And purpose as an emotion is a really new concept for me, but it totally makes sense because when we think about purpose, we think about having to find like, I don't know, a a phrase, a mission or something like that. But if you are feeling like you're in purpose, right, then that is the ultimate driver to what you do with your life, especially if we talk about career, as we talk about how you're feeling about what you're doing and how you're contributing to the world. So I think that's great. Right. And to add on that, you know, everyone's heard that love is a verb because it's not just saying you love someone, but it's doing. Well, same thing with purpose. It's not just saying this is your purpose. It's doing it purposefully. And I think saying purpose is a verb implies that you're filled with purpose, the emotion of purpose, while you're in that moment. I love that. So then if purpose is a verb, which is lovely, let's go down that path for a second. So what's the process behind turning adversity, which helps you come up with perhaps or identify what purpose feels like, into a superpower? How do you identify what that is? Well, I think there's a lot of ways to do that. You know, I described that in the book, but I think one of the best ways is to recall a time when you were purpose-driven, you know, a time when you're in that moment where you just felt so purpose-filled and you knew you're on your path, you knew this is exactly what you were meant to do and describe it, right? You describe what you're feeling, what was going on and almost maybe two or three sentences describe it. 
And what will happen is in those two or three sentences, you'll see these words, or I call buzzwords, that are catchphrases that you can use and use those to push your emotions. So when you're down and you're not feeling so great that day, you can recall that time when you're purpose-driven, use your buzzwords, also have an image of when, you know, of yourself. I'll tell you a great story. I was working with Lieutenant Dansfield and Lieutenant Dansfield was in the war and he left the war and he was a financial advisor and he was burning out. And he said, and I was coaching him and he said, Dr. Gray, I want you to help me. And I said, well, tell me a time where you were so purpose-filled. And he said, well, you don't know this about me, but I used to be a medic in Afghanistan. And there was this person who got all shot up in you know, a fight against the enemy and they you know, airlifted him to our makeshift ER. And while I was there, you know, he was losing all this blood, but, you know, I, I knew he was going to make it. I just knew it. And, and a couple of weeks after a coma, he woke up and he gave me the thumbs up and he said, that was the time I was, I felt most purposeful because I was saving lives. So he described that to me and I said, oh, there's your buzzword, saving lives. You have an image of that person who, you know, made it through that time. And basically when he got out of his coma, he gave uh, Lieutenant Dansfield a thumbs up. So I said, oh, that could be an action. So now he's a financial advisor. And I said, Lieutenant Dansfield, this is what you need to do. I said, every time you're feeling a little, a little burned out, say, you know, I'm saving lives, which, you know, you are financially to a certain degree. You have the image of that person and you could do a thumbs up. So those three actions relate to that purpose driven moment. And those are basically what are really they're called primers and primers push our emotions in the right directions like music. You know, when you hear a song, you can feel sad, you can feel happy. That's the same thing as words, actions, and images. And when it's the right words, the right actions, and the right images, it can push you in the right direction. Yes, I 100% agree with that. One of the things that I like to do with my clients is, especially if they're in a state where they're feeling uncomfortable or they're feeling like they're not showing up the way that they want to show up in themselves, is I have them write out what types of ways that they want to show up, how do they want to feel, how do they want to present themselves, and then I have them draw an image, an icon, a symbol that represents how they want to feel, and then I have them put that post-it note on their computer or somewhere where they stare regularly on their mirror. And what the American Psychological Society says about creating an image or an icon and associating that with the way of being is that you actually are 10 times more likely to show up in that way once you look at that icon that you've created because you've come up with that connection, you've written it down, and you're staring at it. Yeah. I have this system when I coach, it's called MAP. And MAP is the mental game system I use. M stands for model. You're your best model. A stands for tune yourself to your strengths. And P stands for practice positive habits. Well, M, you're your best model. So when you're in that purposeful driven life, you're unique. No one has that experience. So you got to use your you yourself as a model. You can't pick someone else's experiences. You have to pick your own experiences and those relate to you. And then attune yourself to your strengths really means what you were doing well during that moment, what you were feeling, what you were experiencing. And then P is going back to the primers, using these positive primers as a habit. So when you're feeling bad, you push your emotions in the right direction all the time. And so that's the map mental game system. Yeah, I love that. That's so great. So, okay, so we're talking about emotions here. So what's the number one thing that people need to know about mastering their emotions? Well, the first step to mastering your emotions is awareness. So going back to the system, you have to be aware of what makes you choke, 
you know, perform your worst, sad, makes you sad, makes you depressed. Not necessarily focus in that direction because if you're focusing in that direction, your energy goes in that direction. But you need to be aware of that. But more importantly, you need to be aware of what pushes you in the positive world, you know, what pushes you to feel great about yourself. And so the idea is becoming aware is the first step. And once you're aware, you know a path to take. And so to me, the first and primary step is awareness. And going back and looking at examples, because you'll see trends and you'll see patterns of times where you were just, you know, you were just so positive and you're so purposeful and look at what made you, you know, what happened beforehand, what happened during and look at those patterns. And then that gives you really the guidance to move in that direction. Yep. I love that. You got to know where you're showing up first to know how you move forward. That's so great. So I'm curious, Dr. Greg, who's one person that's really helped you in your life in terms of coaching or mastering this topic of your emotions? Who's someone that you look up to and you've learned from? Well, I think there's probably two. One is Dr. Jim Lair. He's a sports psychologist. He worked with a lot of tennis players at first, you know, famous tennis players. And then he went into business. He wrote Stress for Success. And he talked about emotions. And he just, you know, he's really good. He has a lot of other books out. His name is Jim Lair. And I think he's the real deal. And another person who's the real deal to me is Dr. Wayne Dyer, who wrote Intention. He did a lot of PBS specials. He just passed recently. But if you watch his videos on YouTube, they're just fantastic. And so I would say those two people, and there's others, of course, but those are the two that I've kind of modeled my teaching and how I speak and my writings after. Amazing. That's awesome. So then what's the most important thing that you've learned in your life as it relates to this? Well, I've learned a lot, (laughs) but I think one of the most important things is I know everyone says it's kind of trendy now, but the growth mindset, I tell my son, you never lose if you learn. The idea is you're always making mistakes. You're always messing up. But if you felt like you learned from it, you're not losing. And I think that builds a lot of resiliency. It builds positive attitude. It makes you okay with mistakes. And, you know, we call it a growth mindset, but what does that mean? It means that when you make mistakes, You realize they're only temporary and you can learn from them. And ultimately, you'll just grow from everything you've done wrong. I've made a lot of mistakes. I tell my class at Austin P, if you look at the failures in this class, times that by 10, and that's me. But I'm not a failure. I've had failed events. My first book I sent out to 90 agents and publishers, and I got 89 rejections, but I got one yes. You got to be willing to do that, right? And it's okay to get those rejections. You're not being rejected. It just wasn't a rejected event. And so the idea is you got to like distance yourself from failure, but more importantly, learn to say what you can learn from that. And that develops a growth mindset. Wow. What you just said really resonated with me. You're not getting rejected. It was just a rejected event. Woo. That is a really powerful statement. It's almost like a detachment from making it personal or detachment from the ego that we feel when we get rejected from things. Yeah. Remember the author Irma Bombeck? Yes. Yeah. She wrote a bunch of books. I have a quote in my other book, Full Throttle from her. And it says that, you know, you basically got to depersonalize yourself from the event because you're not a failure. The event was a failure and it's okay. Just don't see yourself as a failure Because sometimes, you know, if you go back to when you're like in high school, right, and you ask that person out, you have to say to yourself, and that was real painful, right? That was totally painful at that moment. But if you really reflect upon that, you can just say, you just weren't that person's cup of tea, but you'll be that other person's cup of tea soon enough. 
and once you realize that you'll be someone's cup of tea and your success is around the corner because your success will be that person's ideal book or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then you're okay mm-hmm. with it. I love that. I love that. So moving into the topic of what we talk about here on Share, Inspire, Repeat, what would you say as people identify their purpose, they understand how to work with adversity. How would you say that people then when they know that, how do they then turn that into making the world a better place? Well, I mean, I think that's part of the purpose-driven life is that when you see yourself giving and giving towards others and service-driven, you realize that's really the happiest you'll be. I do a uh, little experiment in my happiness class. I teach a class called happiness and the students have to do something that they really like, you know, it's totally fun or just do something service driven. And then I ask them, which one were you happier? And some of them say, you know, they were happier when they did the fun thing, but most of them say when they were service driven, they were the happiest because our happiness is derived from really being giving to others and being service driven. And, you know, when we say happiness, we really mean fulfillment and the fulfillment comes from the service and the giving towards others. So true. I was just kind of thinking about my own life when you were talking about that. And something I love doing is music and singing and doing my coaching work, of course. But the times where I'm giving back to somebody or I'm meeting with somebody pro bono or I volunteer at a a food shelter, like that is actually where I find the most joy and the most energy and in service of others. Because I'm not getting anything in return. And I'll tell you something. Yeah, something with me, you know, so my book Fall Up came out. And I mean, I have a career being a professor, so I didn't write it for money. You know, I didn't need to make money from it. And that frees you up. You know, people, well, you know, what if you don't make any money from that book? Or And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I didn't do it for money. I did it to give, you know, to, to share the knowledge. It's kind of the same thing. And that freed me up. So there's no pressure on me to sell it, you know. I mean, of course, I'd like to sell it in the sense that, you know, to have people read it. But when you don't have to sell it for a living, it totally frees you up. And then you're giving and it, it, you're authentic. Yeah. So speaking of your book, Fall Up, how did you come up with that title? Why Fall Up? Well, originally I had the title Transcend-Ability and I made up that word. So, I, I, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I make up this word. And then I did some Facebook I guess, you know, a little marketing research just with some friends. And most people didn't like that. I had another title called Fall Up, which I got from Shel Silverstein. You know, he wrote the book Giving Tree. And I love that book. I mean, that's just like one of the greatest books of all time. And I was looking at that book because I was reading it to my son and it shows his other books. And another book he wrote, a book of poems was called Falling Up. And I thought, ooh, that's a great title, but not Falling Up, Fall Up. Because, you know, the idea is that when you bounce back or bounce back even higher, you're going to fall, but then you're going to go up. And I have a famous quote that opens up the book from Wilbur Wright, you know, from the Wright brothers. And he says, the eagle only soars in a turbulent wind, which means, you know, you're only going to soar when times are tough. You know, when times are easy, you're not going to be the person you're meant to be. But in the most difficult times, you'll recover and then you'll become that person you're meant to be. I love that. I love that. That's a great title. I'm a big fan of the title Fall Up. Uh, I think it's just, it's a, it's a catchy one and it means something too. So that's great. So Dr. Greg, tell us where can our listeners connect with you online? The one thing they could see if they're interested too, is I have a TED talk called Fall Up, which you could Google, you know, on YouTube, but it's also on my main website, which is drgregsteinberg.com, which is dr. G-R-E-G-G-S-T-E-I-N-B-E-R-G, Dr. Greg Steinberg.com. So they can see the TED Talk and some other videos I have on there. 
If they want to read some chapters from the book, they can go to People Shine Publishing, peopleshinepublishing.com, and actually see, I think, three chapters from the book there. So either of those two sites are good to look at. Amazing. And I'll put everything in the show notes below so that our listeners can click on those hyperlinks and you can go check out Dr. Greg. Can people also buy the book on Amazon or where where do you sell the book? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Amazon Great. and wherever books are sold. <laughs> awesome. And if you're listening to this during the pandemic, go visit a bookstore and check out Dr. Greg's book because it's something to do. Get you outside. Awesome. Okay. And Dr. Greg, we always leave the show with this final question, which is... How can people continue to bring more good into their lives? Well, I think if, you know, the old axiom is that when you try to catch a butterfly, you can't. But if you just kick back and sit down by the tree, it'll land on your nose. So the thing about happiness and good and all that, I think if you're pushing for it, it's hard to do. But I think if you're just authentic and being yourself and following your purpose, then good will come from that. You'll share good with the world and you'll be a lot happier and more fulfilled. I love it. Share your good with the world and be happy and fulfilled. That's great. And I love the quote about the butterfly. It's so true. You got to live in your purpose and sit back and do your thing first. And that stuff starts to come your way. Awesome. Well, Dr. Greg, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's been really fun. I appreciated your words of wisdom and you've left our listeners with some really awesome things to think about. So thank you so much for being here. Again, I appreciate it. It's been a privilege and an honor to be on your show. Great. Thanks, Dr. Greg. We'll talk to you soon. And everybody, make sure that you're going and checking out the page and you're liking and subscribing to Share, Inspire, Repeat. And that you also check out our website, www.shareinspirerepeat.com to check out the show notes and more information about Dr. Greg Steinberg. It's been a pleasure having you on this episode and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Share, Inspire, Repeat with AJ Mises. Interested in sharing a story or being a guest on the show? Visit shareinspirerepeat.com to introduce yourself or to submit a story. You can also check out more details from this episode by visiting shareinspirerepeat.com.